Hey friends, this is Andy Storch, and I'm excited to announce that we are bringing the Talent Development Think Tank Conference back on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. Yes, you might remember we hosted this conference for the first time in January 2020, and it was a huge hit with everyone telling us it was the best conference they ever attended. And of course, we were looking forward to running it again in 2021 until the pandemic hit. That's when I launched the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, and that's been going strong since May of 2020. But I know how valuable it is to get people together in person, and that's why we are excited to be bringing the conference back again on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. I'm committed to making this a highly engaging and interactive event where you can connect, learn, and grow together with other talent development professionals. This is going to be the best event out there in talent development, and I would love to see you there. If you want to find more information and get your tickets today, the website is tdtt.us conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat with your host, Andy Storch. The show is dedicated to helping you develop the most important part of your organization, the people. If you are in HR or talent development, or you just want to learn how to get the best out of your people, then you are in the right place. Each week, Andy shares interviews with talent development professionals, thought leaders, and experts to share best practices, learn about the latest trends, and find out what has been successful in the world of talent development. This podcast is designed to give you what you need to be successful in the world of talent development. Now, here's your host, Andy Storch. All right, I am joined now by Amanda Parola, who is lead learning strategist for customer learning at Side, a tech real estate brokerage. Amanda, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy you're here. We've gotten to know each other a little bit over the last few months or maybe more than a year since you've joined the Think Tank community. And some people have been saying to me, you've got to talk to Amanda about agile project management and L&D. She's doing some really cool stuff. So I'm really excited to to dive into that topic today. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I've never actually spoken to anyone about my process and where it came from. So this will be pretty cool for me to even hear myself talk about it, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can't wait. Just for a little bit of like context, you know, I mentioned at the top of this that you're the lead learning strategist for customer learning. Tell me a little bit more about that. Like, what is it that you do and and the company you work for? Yeah. So um I focus on customer learning, which is mostly the products that are available to them for the company. So what side does, it's a tech brokerage where they'll take top real estate agents and they will say, hey, do you want to have your own business? Rather than being a Compass or Keller Williams agent, they will be able to create their whole brand and we'll help empower them with tools, technology, and also strategic advice from our business managers. Mm. So where I focus my efforts is helping people quickly onboard, but also provide them with training on how to use the different tools to help their business. I was going to say, it sounds like a great opportunity for agents. However, I'm sure there's a little bit of a learning curve and and people need to figure out how to use all the systems and get the most out of things. And that's where you come in, right? With, With customer learning. Yeah. A lot of the time agents, one of the main things about agents is their ability to build relationships and these agents just by themselves building those relationships were able to get to X amount of dollars. Maybe it's multi-million dollars per year, but when they're powered by technology, 
how do you increase your marketing campaigns or how do you increase your customer relationship management and by like adding those different tools to what they're already amazing at then they're able to increase their volume significantly yeah makes sense okay and just one more question on that like when you approach customer learning i would imagine you know you're not running like traditional learning programs or bringing people through workshops right so there's a lot more digital learning, micro learning, like what kind of things do you set up to, to give people the education they need? Yeah. So we have a learning system. Basically people go there and go through these mini series of lessons that are more task-based. Like if you need to know something specific, you watch a one minute video on how to do that specific thing, rather than learning everything that you'd need to know about an entire tool. It's more like, how do you get yourself set up for success? And here's some mini tips along the way. We also have live trainings as well, but they're completely interactive in the way where by the end of the training, you will have built X, Y, or Z. Like you've built your test listing presentation, or you've actually sent out a test offer on a, um, on a house. So those are how we formulate our trainings. You actually get stuff done and, and learn some things in the process. I'm like a lot of webinars out there where they just tease you a little bit and then sell you at the end. I'm like, well, you got to go buy this thing. And then, and then we'll actually teach you how to do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, why I structure those trainings in that way is because I was so personally frustrated by trainings that I went through. Hmm. You go through this whole entire session and somebody's talking at you and then it gets to the end of the like, yeah, now you go do it. And you're right. like, what do I even do? I don't remember oh, anything. Oh no, what did I learn? I forgot. Yeah. yeah. So actually putting things into practice, which I've always been a big fan and proponent of experiential learning and making things interactive. You have people put things into practice right there. So they learn a lot more while they're doing, which reinforces the learning. Yeah. And it's great if they're able to take some collateral with them. Like if we show them how to use some sort of social media template, they come out of the class where they can post their, what they built right after. So, Mm, okay. So we've established like what you're putting out there. And I'm sure there's a lot of work that goes into setting these things up and, and creating the right learning assets and things for people to learn from. And, you know, as I mentioned, we're going to talk today about agile project management in learning and development, something that I think you've, you've done well with. So let's start with the definition. Like, what does that mean? What is agile project management? Yeah, absolutely. This was something that I learned from the product and engineering teams. I saw them doing this and thought, okay, they're doing this so excellently. How can I translate this over? So my definition, which may not be someone else's definition, but I think agile project management is, it's widely used throughout the technology space. And you begin by outlining all that are involved, making some sort of map of when things need to happen and when they need to be done, then rather than setting an end deadline, we move towards moving as quickly as possible to accomplish smaller chunks of work. And it's an extremely iterative process where you produce a product that is constantly changing and evolving and improving. The goal is speed. And this Mm. allows for like quick stakeholder feedback and visibility into the process. Yeah. So you mentioned speed, like what, what is this problem solving? Is it the fact that a lot of times people are taking way too long because they're trying to make things perfect or is it generally speeding up the process or is it making the process better as well? Yeah. So what we found is that, well, my experience at past companies, you're building something and you try and scope out the whole project and you say, this will take me three months. Then the need has already passed. It's Mm. completely gone. And maybe by the end of the time, 
it's different. Like the product that you're creating isn't actually what the stakeholder wanted. So why we decided to do it is there was just a surplus of things that were needed for the company. Because when I came in, there really was no learning and development for any of the customers nor insiders. That's what we call people internally. So there was such a huge backlog that I had to figure out a way to quickly move through the, all of these different pieces and be able to execute effectively. That's cool. And insiders, I just got it because you work yeah. at Pride. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Okay. So what are the steps to using Agile? Can you walk us through this? Yeah. So basically when a, it, I'd say we're doing sort of like an agile adjacent type where we yeah. don't follow the complete rules, laws, and regulations of agile, but yeah. we kind of check, pick and choose what's most helpful for us because we're still new to this. Like we are probably about seven or eight months into using agile, but it's helped their process a lot. So yeah. when a stakeholder come to us, comes to us with a request, I break down all that needs to be done in order to accomplish the task with them. And so like, they'll, they'll talk about, okay, here on my side, say it's a product, they have to do all these steps and what do we need to do and where can we insert ourselves into the process to where potentially things can overlap and we can create a quicker um, product. So I allow my team to choose what of those tasks they would like to do based off of their passions and what makes them most excited. And we break each task into a different chunk for the week. And we report and discuss and meet as a team three times a week on our process in extremely short meetings. So ours are time bound by weeks rather than like setting an end due date. Hmm. So tell me more about this. Like you put guardrails around these meetings to say, or this timeline to say, hey, we're going to do these things. We're going to get it done by this time so that it doesn't like continue to keep getting pushed off into forever, like a lot of projects. Yeah, exactly. Like say there's an, an end product. We um, we want to build a training on our new app, right? That's the end product. And there's might be 20 different steps that need to happen in order to make this end product happen. Each step is broken down into really small chunks. And we say, okay, how many steps can we fit in this week? And we're all moving together as a collective team going forward and trying to push towards that end goal for the week. and. What this does, it's sort of like what OKRs are supposed to do, where you move quicker throughout the process. And in a lot of the times, say we have five things set out for the week, we finish them quickly and we're able to pull in more than we thought because we're moving so quickly, all mm. working towards the same thing. Okay. So yeah, I was, was going to ask you, like, why do you use this process instead of maybe others or a more traditional approach? Is it the speed or are there other reasons? Honestly, it's the speed and the visibility. Like before we had, say there's eight projects that we need to do at once. There's three products coming in and then we have something from our other teams where they have these requests. We're able to move and execute on all of them at the same time because each of our tasks are labeled beautifully on a board and we all see how they're flowing throughout the week. So everyone knows where everyone is on every project. And all of our stakeholders are able to look in at this board to see where their projects are as well. So they don't have to ping us and say, hey, where's this project at? Because we could just yeah. send them a link and they could see where we are with it. Okay, I was going to ask a physical board. I assume it's it's online. Is there a particular software that you like to use for this? Yeah, so we use Jira. It's a Kanban board. Have you ever heard okay. of that? I've heard of it, yeah. 
Yeah. So basically we have a backlog and then we have, you know, to do in progress and done. And we just show people where we are within that realm. And if people see it's not on our board, they can actually see what week we have planned to do that work because that's in our backlog. Mm, Makes sense. Everything's visible right there. And you can see who's working on what, where it is in the process, what the backlog is, what's on time, what's on not on schedule jump in and like help other people. If they need help with things, I would assume, you know, you as the manager can check in and they have accountability and visibility to what everybody's doing. I am someone who likes to learn best by example. So I was wondering if you could give me an example of a project that you've done and how this worked. Yeah. For example, we had a website training. We um, provide websites for everyone at our company who joins in, who joins. And what my task was, was to build how-to videos for an agent to be able to edit this themselves, right? Mm. So when you think of that, there's a hundred different things that an agent could do specifically to edit this website, to be able to do it themselves. So this was at the time where they're actually, at the same time, they were also building out the websites. So as that product was being built, my team was also tasked with following them and trailing right behind them to see what product and um, what videos and collateral we can make in order to quickly get this out to the agents that we're serving to our customers. Hmm. So in totality, the first thing that I do is I would meet with the website team. I would say, hey, what are all the steps that you guys are doing and where can we insert ourselves into that process? So we can, rather than wait till you're completely done building this thing out, we can start building along with you while you're building. So both of those streamlined things are happening at the same time. And say um, the first and most pressing thing somebody needs to learn how to do is add a blog or something like that. Hmm. We would make sure to prioritize that first and we would post it immediately rather than saying, we need to have all website videos done. We would just work on that one and let it out and try to um, be as useful as possible as quickly as possible. Does that make sense? COVID-19 pandemic and 2020 changed everything in business and talent development. Almost overnight, companies were forced to figure out how to engage their employees remotely and run their development programs virtually. Luckily, Advantage Performance Group has been running a webinar series and releasing free resources throughout the last year and beyond. Advantage is a proud sponsor of the Talent Development Hot Seat, known for creating, learning, and consulting solutions that equip individuals, teams, and organizations to be the best at what they do. Advantage helps leaders lead, sellers sell, and businesses flourish. To join our webinar series and find more of our free resources, just head on over to AdvantagePerformance.com. That's AdvantagePerformance.com. Yeah, absolutely. So again, like it comes back to speed, agility, and visibility to know what everybody's doing and not waiting to map out the entire process before getting started on certain segments so that you can start making progress right away. Yes, exactly. Makes sense. How has this helped your team? How's it, how's it benefited your team? I can see how it helps you as a manager. I can see how it helps people see everything that's going on with the project, but I imagine it allows them to get things done faster and possibly understand, get a broader view of everything that's going on. Yeah. So what's great about using Jira, which is the project management software tool we use, Hmm. there's a lot of data analytics behind it. So with each task, there's a number of points that you associate to it. For example, 
Say you need to upload something to your LMS. That might be one point. But if you need to make a video on something, that might be five points or something like that. So we're able to track our speed of execution per the time bound amount of time that we set for our sprint, which is like the amount of tasks we're going to do for that week. So when we first started, our number of points that we could execute on per sprint was 18, like at baseline. Mm -hmm. As we started moving faster and getting used to this sort of agile project management and moving as a team, we moved to 30 points a week. Wow. So we wanted to make sure that the team itself also was, we were able to score different tasks the same in terms of points. So we have a point ceremony basically where we post a, a thing and we're like, okay, here's this project. How many points would you guys say this is? And we go like one, two, three, and everyone like puts up their hand of how many points they think it is. And at this point, we all are able to guess the same number rather than when we first started, some people would be like, oh, that's a two. And some people would be like, that's a four. Now we've moved to be able to all be on the same page with those sorts of tasks. Because you've got so much experience with it, you know. Now, and what are the points represent again? Yeah, so it's the point is like how much effort it would take somebody to be able to execute on this. So Hmm. we are able to say, now that we're a team that can execute on 30 points every two weeks, which is our sprint. Hmm. Now we can, in our backlog, we can look at how many things we have and assign points to those and put those into our sprints and say, yes, we can actually execute on this amount of stuff this next two weeks because we know and we have the data for it. You mentioned like 30 points in a two-week sprint, so you can get all this done in two weeks. Can you keep recycling that or moving on and doing that every two weeks? Or is a sprint like, this is a lot of work and we need to take a break and have a slow week in between? Yeah, so honestly, it ebbs and flows. Like, for example, we have four total people on our team and we are working with two other contractors. So it's not like a large and robust team yeah. and we're serving like 3000 people right now. Hmm. So when we go through these sprints, I don't want it to be stressful for the team. We've sort of made it in a way where this is the amount that we can handle outside of our baseline job required duties. I always check in with everyone and I don't want anyone to be stressed because I don't, I don't want to be stressed in my job. It's like, what? Yeah. But yeah, um, it just, we're all moving quicker because we're all aligned on what we need to do. And nobody really works past five. I mean, maybe not even past four. So I hope that that doesn't have any That sounds great. I think a lot of people listening right now, like I want to join your team because that's, (laughs) (laughs) that sounds great. I just love you out there working a lot more than that. Yeah, no, I, I mean, when you're able to just be aligned as a team, and everyone knows what everyone's working on. It's like, you can do so much more in a day. And sometimes Mm. you don't have to work the whole 40 hours of the week. If you're able to be extremely, extremely effective for 35 hours. Right. I would imagine that this process, it gets visibility. You know exactly what the next Mm -hmm. step is and what people need to be doing and working on. One thing that I would personally struggle with is, is focus to do these things during a sprint. What sort of things do you do to help yourself and others in the team? Like, stay focused on the most important tasks and not get distracted by all the other million things going on. That is so true. Like for we all, we get constantly asked by different people to do different things, Mm -hmm. but how we focus is honestly those, we have three meetings a week 
where they're they're probably around 10 minutes they're at the beginning of the day and we're like okay what are you working on and where are you blocked and if we're able to just kind of go through that process and say hey like i actually need help can you help me get a, a hold of this one person they're no we're not responding to my emails or something like that we're able to as a team always be aligned and like what's the most important thing and what people need help with because i found as an individual when I was the sole person on the team, essentially doing L&D, I felt like I was in such a silo and I didn't have help. But as the team grew around me, there's such a support system where you don't feel like you're alone and you know what you're supposed to be doing. Mm, yeah. Having that team so important and like that sense of community and knowing that like other people are working on things, they've got your back, you can check in with people. I think one of the biggest mistakes throughout the last couple of years has been lack of communication, right? Not enough communication. Just assume if people are, you don't hear from people, they're doing fine, but you really have no idea unless you check in. Absolutely. And it was so hard for me at the beginning when I wasn't using agile and there were so many different projects going on. I thought I would just completely lose my mind. Like I had <laughs> my own board, but I had an actual board in my room of being like, okay, here's this project. And, I, and I'm doing all these other ones. And I think I need to reach out to this person. So this has helped my sanity completely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it's keeping you more organized, getting things moving faster. The team is, is hopefully happier. They're not working late. How can other L&D teams or talent development teams move into having more of an agile approach for their work? I would highly suggest talking with product teams or software engineering teams. And just asking somebody who potentially is their scrum master or someone who leads those sprints, how do you guys do this? Or like, how does it help your team? Because that's how I learned. I learned by literally copying the processes of other teams at my company. But I also have a few agile L&D podcasts that I love as well. Like David James does do a few episodes on agile. And I know that... Um, there's a few other podcasts that talk about it as well. So <laughs> right. and David James has been on this podcast and I've been on his a good, good guy. He's got a great show. And so that's good to know. There's some, some episodes there. I think that's the learning and development podcast. Yes, yes, yes. Got it. You mentioned earlier that your approach is agile adjacent. Can you maybe explain some of the differences if people are going out and investigating and saying, okay, I want to look at agile and there's like a more traditional approach that product teams might be using versus what you're doing. Yeah. So there's things called like epics where it's like the higher level stories and there's bugs that you label things as, or there's like really specific points that might be different than how we do it. And it's more of like nuance. It's like, what do you call things and how do you, um, what like the formality around the whole process, like you might need a scrum master and this scrum master does this role versus the project owner who does something completely different. And those are really, really defined. That sort of thing didn't really work for my team. It just didn't make sense with the amount of people we had and the different people we were communicating within the company. So definitely something to look into and learn as well to see, you know, what, what works best for your team. I know there's a few LinkedIn learning courses on Agile as well. Hmm. I was going to ask you if there was any other resources you recommended for learning about this. I know if you could just go, you know, Google Agile project management, <laughs> I'm sure there's tons of stuff out there. You mentioned a couple of podcasts, LinkedIn learning probably has a course, anything else that you found helpful? Yes. There's an Agile program with UCSC and there's 
also is that uc santa cruz university yes, of california UC, santa cruz okay UC santa cruz and there is something called scaled agile which i i really want to get certified in or just go to school for basically it's transforming your whole organization into an agile organization and really thinking at a macro level of like how can everyone work together in order to accomplish these goals and using those sort of principles that i talked about but collaborating as a whole company on these sorts of initiatives. Cool. I can see a lot of people needing, wanting help with this. Could be a future for you if you ever want to branch out and start working with, with organizations. Oh my God. Yeah. Anything else you want to make sure people know about Agile before we end this, this interview? It just doesn't need to be scary. Just like give it a shot. You don't need to learn everything about Agile or project Agile project management to be able to do it. Just Download Asana. I think it's free. Like just Asana, your- which is, uh, I believe, A S A N A. It's a project management software website, right? Yes, exactly. Build, type in Kanban board, which is K A N B A N, into the internet and just copy that into your Asana. I think it, I do think it's free and just go for it. So and and what, what is a con? I know you mentioned Kanban board earlier. What is that? I think it has three different columns on it, right? Yeah. So first column is to do. Second column is in progress. And third column is done. Pretty, I mean, simple, right? pretty, pretty simple. simple. <laughs> I actually like I'm looking at, I have a whiteboard next to me and I have those columns essentially for all the client work that I'm doing. Yeah. Different speaking gigs and things like that. It's like, okay, this is in process. This is a contract. This is done. And you know, I've got to keep a track of it somewhere. Otherwise I'll never know what's going on. Yeah. And the only difference between that and agile, I guess, is if you had a backlog as a second board, and you label each task with a number saying, this would take me this amount of hours. And then you group them and say, I can accomplish these in the next two weeks. Then you put them in your to-do. Got it. Okay. Well, I hope that people listening have gotten a lot of great information about Agile and some people are ready to start. I imagine you could just try it with your next project. It doesn't have to do, it doesn't have to be everything that you do, but you know, like a certain client project or project for a team, something that you're working on, a new program, whatever it may be, you can try it with your team for one project and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for being here. If anybody listening wants to get in touch with you, maybe to talk more about this, where's the best place to go? Is it LinkedIn? Should they reach out another way? Yeah. LinkedIn's definitely the best place. I'm on there all the time. So feel free to just DM me and I'll answer. <laughs> all right. So there you go. Reach out to Amanda on LinkedIn. And if you're not following me, connect with me on LinkedIn, be sure to do that as well. Amanda, thank you so much for coming on the show. I love talking about subjects like this that are so concrete that can really help people right away in the work they're doing. And I think this is going to do that. And there was one other thing I wanted to ask you about. I almost forgot. You've been a member of the Talent Development Think Tank community for quite some time now. I was wondering if you could just comment on your experience in the community so far. I have, I have absolutely loved it. I mean, if anyone is even questioning joining, just do it. Do it right now. I think there's a $1 for this month. I mean, right. I'll do that. But <laughs> I it's been so wonderful for me meeting so many intelligent leaders who are specialists in this field, but each are experts in something different. So you have so many minds to tap into. And if I ever need something, like I'll post on our Slack channel that we have, I'll post and I'll have 10 different people respond to my question. Maybe it's an organizational issue I have or need a suggestion for a training. People will comment almost immediately and I'll be able to talk with them and discuss their experience. So I would highly, highly recommend 
joining this community. Love it. Yeah, everybody is so helpful and knowledgeable in the group and you can always find somebody who's done something. And this whole interview came because you connected with a couple members in the group. I think it was Jess Omley and Nora Morris who came to me and were like, you've got to talk to Amanda about Agile because she's doing some really cool stuff and we got to tell more people about it. And that's how this came about. And that's how a lot of great conversations come about in the community. So Amanda, thanks again for coming on. Really appreciate you sharing everything. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Take care. Thanks again for listening to the Talent Development Hot Seat. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review on iTunes to help other people find the show. And as always, you can find all of our episodes and tons of free resources on our website, talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. Thank you again. Take care.